the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Courageous Christianity, a public nonprofit ministry equipping Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield. The intersection of our faith and the world is a battlefield strewn with debris of a fallen world that challenges even the hardiest souls. And yet, this intersection is the context of our faith. As courageous Christian warriors, we must navigate this difficult terrain in our personal walk and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. As a colonel in the Marine Corps Reserves with numerous combat deployments, Richard Mentolo has walked dangerous ground in peacetime and in war. Join us as he and his guests shed light on this critical intersection on spiritual combat and on the rules of engagement for courageous Christianity. And here's your host, Richard Mendelo. Friends, welcome and thank you for joining us on Courageous Christianity. Today we're continuing in our series entitled Vote by Faith. With the November elections just a few days away, it's absolutely critical that everyone who calls themselves a Christian participate. In his 1796 farewell address, George Washington made an amazing statement. I'm going to read it to you here. It's a little involved, but he uses some words that are just so important. He says this, It is of infinite moment that you should properly estimate the immense value of your national union to your collective and individual happiness, that you should cherish a cordial, habitual, and immovable attachment to it, accustoming yourselves to think of and speak of it as the palladium of your political safety and prosperity, watching for its preservation with jealous anxiety. And I don't think his words were ever more true than they are today. The National Union is critical to our collective and individual happiness. And he says we should cherish a cordial, habitual, immovable attachment to it. That's our nation, friends. And we must think of it as the palladium of our political safety and prosperity If you don't vote on November 8th, not only are you not cherishing your attachment to this nation with jealous anxiety, you're actually voting absentee for a lot of crazy things that we would never have imagined we would see. So if you don't vote, that actually is a vote. And here's what you would be voting for. You'd be voting for abortion, increased crime, the racist, godless education of our children, increasing and increasingly wasteful government spending on un-American policies, 
The plundering of American traditions and values. The manipulation of a broken immigration system for political purposes. You'd be voting for rampant inflation and a weakening military charged with defending our nation against ever more belligerent enemies emboldened by our national weakness. If you don't show up at the polls, that's what you'll be voting for because people who see America differently will be voting for those things and their votes will be unopposed. So given that the government and the preservation of our union and the freedoms we derive therefrom are fundamental to all collective and individual happiness, and given the very real threats posed to this nation by godless socialists, I'd like to ask you a few simple questions. To whom would you trust our union and our freedoms? Would you trust men and women chosen by those without faith or men and women elected by people who believe in Jesus? Would you rather those making decisions affecting the future of this nation be chosen because they have no values or because they have Christian values? Who would you trust? I suspect you would prefer the palladium of your political safety and prosperity be guarded by men and women of faith. And if that's the case... Who do you think will elect those men and women, if not you? Do you think those with no God but themselves will elect godly men and women? So here's the sober truth. If you buy into the enemy's lie that states should be protected from church, then godly men and women will not be elected. The enemy will have kept you at home, and worse, People who actively seek the overthrow of this union will elect people who think like they do. It's that simple and that serious. And finally, if you don't think your vote matters, or if you think that the electoral system is so broken that your vote doesn't count, or that most people care about this nation and God and most elected officials will do a similar job, then you have not been paying attention for the last 15 to 50 years. Your vote has never mattered more. And with us today to talk about this important subject is Mr. Jason Yates, the CEO of My Faith Votes, a nonpartisan movement that motivates, equips, and activates Christians in America to vote in every election, transforming our communities and influencing our nation with biblical truth. Jason, welcome back. Richard, it is so good to be back. And what you just laid out, man, that's... I don't know that I could have said it better, but the, what you packed into that opening statement, there's a lot to, to dig into there and a lot of truth in what you just said. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. I'm speaking from the heart. I'm speaking with an immigrant's heart who loves this nation, and we just have so much to protect and I'm looking forward to talking with you about that today and friends. I have to report to you that my wedded wingman is not with us today for the first time in 146 episodes. Christy is under the weather, and we're all praying that she is uh, returned to health quickly. She is an absolute ray of sunshine, and the studio is a lot less bright without her, although, Mike, it's still good to see you as well. Thank you. You're welcome. Friends, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we pray for this nation. We pray for this beautiful, blessed beacon of Christian freedom which lights the whole world. 
and we pray in thanks and also resolve for the opportunity we have as Christian Americans to come together to exert political influence. Lord, help us to remember that you work through us, and in that knowledge, may we do your work with a landslide of participation. May everyone who hears today be encouraged to wield the sword of the Spirit at the ballot box, voting for life, for hard work, for unity, and for your truth. Father, we pray that no voice go unheard as together we speak a deafening chorus of faith to those in darkness. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Jason, you must be incredibly busy at this time of year. I'm I'm traveling all over and have a number of speaking engagements um, headed this week to Michigan. Uh, there's um, a really atrocious ballot measure um, uh, on the ballot in Michigan uh, for what they call reproductive freedom. Uh, you know, you prayed for God's truth. I think, Richard, we're in a battle for truth. And just putting words or false words around reproductive freedom, trying to um, collage, uh, you know, what this is really about. Um, uh, and there's similar measures in California and Vermont. And um, I just I see, Richard, that we are and you know this. I think your audience knows this, that we're in a battle for truth. Um, you know, I, I could sit here and say, oh, what, you know, how long did your opening segment take? I could guess, oh, that took two minutes, seven seconds. Someone else could guess, uh, you know, it took a minute, 30 seconds, uh, what have you. But we have a standard. We have a measurement. We can measure it. We can go back and we can say exactly how long it took. Well, that's what we need. That's what Christians are bringing to the process is a measurable standard, a standard of truth to what actually is real and what's not. And what we're seeing is when we bring that truth, we see people rise up because when their position is is knocked down because you point it out to them, they get frustrated, they get angry. We're seeing that happen. And this whole thing around reproductive freedom, that's just one item on, on, at stake in these elections in many different states. It's not just about abortion, by the way. It's about sexuality. It's about kids and, and parents' rights to, um, to protect their kids from uh, gender dysphoria type of symptoms in having a right to parent their kids in the right way. Um, these things are at stake, but more importantly, truth is on the ballot. Um, and there's a lot of people who are frustrated, um, are going to be frustrated when Christians get out to vote, because they will see that their, their truth, quote unquote, is knocked down um, and that a, a true standard of what is real is is propped up. Um, I, that's why it's so important, Richard, that we get people out to vote, Christians out to vote, right. because we are the standard bearers of what is true and what is not. You know, it really comes down to worldviews. Do we 
start with men made God up or do we uh, start with there is a God and he made men? Um, and those two worldviews drive a lot of what's at stake Um you make an incredibly interesting point, and friends, uh, I've never thought about it this way. If you want to confuse people about uh, distance, then throw away rulers, or tell them that rulers are wrong. Or better yet, yeah. make tape measures that have all kinds of nonsensical distances on them. And pretty soon, we won't know two inches from 12 yards. And that's precisely what happened as in the early 60s, 1962, first we voted prayer out of school, then we attacked the Bible by attacking the words of the Bible. So we said, marriage is this, but it could also be this, and then marriage is this, and marriage is this. And now we see that what began in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, when the serpent said to Eve, did God really say not to eat right. from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? We have this, what you're talking about, it's, it's not just gender dysphoria, it's absolute uh, dysphoria about what's right and what's wrong, and calling yeah. um, a woman's right to choose whether or not she has sex, we're now going to uh, say that, oh, well, that's abortion, but no, it's not. Well, that's murder. Friends, it's very easy to be confused, but there's one thing about which you should not be confused. Your vote matters. And we're going to talk about that when we come back. Did you know that about 25 million Christians don't vote consistently? That's about one in three Christians, and that's a staggering and unfortunate amount. Many Christians stay home on Election Day because they think their vote won't really make a difference. But what if 90 million Christians stood united for Christ? we could have a real influence on our nation. God's Word clearly calls us to bring the influence of our faith into every aspect of our lives. We here at Courageous Christianity, along with My Faith Votes, want to see Christians boldly standing united for Christ. My Faith Votes is a nonpartisan organization that mobilizes and equips believers to pray unceasingly, think biblically, and vote in every election. Join with us and My Faith Votes to pray, think, and vote in the upcoming election. Access a helpful voter hub on myfaithvotes.org and plan to vote your faith on November 8th. Vote your faith on November 8th and stand united for Christ. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity. We're talking with Mr. Jason Yates, the CEO of My Faith Votes. And that beautiful voice singing God Bless America is Dave Bray, USA, who generously allows us to use his music on the show. In his first inaugural address, President Reagan said, Freedom is a fragile thing and is never more than one generation away from extinction. Friends, current events prove without a doubt the truth of these words. If you look around, you will see it. With our freedom and the freedom of our children and grandchildren in such continuous peril, certainly we must prevail on God to bless us with the continuation of that freedom. At the same time, and I hope you hear this, God will not do the work for us. He's not in that business. We are his hands and feet. Whenever I pray for something... 
I always ask if I've done everything I could, if I pray for a friend or or a man I see on the side of the street, I ask God to be with them, and then always the Holy Spirit is whispering, well, have you done everything you can? And so to me, it would not be right to ask God to do something I'm unwilling to do. As such, in praying for this nation, part of my responsibility is to vote. And make no mistake, God does get involved in politics. There's a lot of people who think he doesn't, but the Bible says otherwise. He used Joseph in the politics of Pharaoh and Egypt. He used Daniel in the politics of Nebuchadnezzar and Babylon. And he used the prophet Samuel to anoint King Saul and King David in the politics of Israel. God uses people in politics throughout history and today. And we are those people. So why do Christians think that they shouldn't get involved in the politics of the United States? I'll tell you why. It's yet another lie of the devil. The Bible says that God gives people the desires of their hearts. Psalm 37 verse 4 says, Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. If your desires are for this nation, for its prosperity and its freedoms, then you will make your desires known. And that's what your vote amounts to. Romans chapter 1 verse 24 says, Therefore God gave them over in the sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. On the other hand, if your desire is for the abundant perversity of these days, then those desires will also be made manifest. You will not vote. We'll have more perversity tomorrow. We'll all gather around the water cooler and complain. But the truth of the matter is, we did not step up to do God's work. So whatever the case, your vote expresses your desires. And Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14 puts it like this, If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. I would ask that we seek his face at the ballot box. Jason, what would you say to that? Well, listen, um, our primary pursuit um, at election time should be to seek the face of God in prayer. We should be going to him and, and seeking what his desire and will for us is. But John Quincy Adams said, duty is ours results are God's, right? We come to him, we pray about it, but we act. We put our faith in action and we do. <laughs> we, we go and we vote. And it's so important that we do that. You know, you talk about politics. I often say, hey, we have politics because there's more than one of us on this planet. Um, you know, we've got to learn how to work together I mean, that's what politics is. We're working together to have authority to rule over what we've given, been given authority over. In Genesis 1, God gave authority. He gave stewardship to man, to humankind over the rest of creation. So God said, hey, here you are. You're on earth. Go do. Go um, go oversee all of this incredible 
creation that I've given to you. But there's more than one of you, so you have to work together on this, right? Yeah. And that's part of politics. Um, and so this idea that, oh, my faith, I can't, I'm not going to get involved in that. That's politics. I'm not going to get involved in that because maybe that's too ugly. Well, guess what? God gave us an, an assignment. He gave us an assignment, and he's expecting us to carry it out. Um, uh, I'm going to go so far as it's a sin not to vote because we aren't. It's a sin of omission because we're abdicating our responsibility. A good friend of mine, Reverend Sam Rodriguez, he has a great principle. He says today's um, complacency, today's complacency is tomorrow's captivity. If indeed we're sitting back and saying, I'm not going to do this, guess what? It's going to result in captivity, captivity of a worldview, uh, values that don't align with God's values, because we as Christians didn't show up. Well, you know what comes to mind there? That's such an interesting point you've made. Uh, Judge Mack a couple weeks ago talked about uh, you are either complicit or courageous. And what came to mind Mm -hmm. was around 610 BC, you've got King Josiah, and you've got the prophet Jeremiah, who's telling people uh, about the promise of God's love, um, his plans to prosper us, and at the same time, how we're not doing what we should. And a hundred years later, a little over a hundred years later, Israel is in captivity in Babylon because they didn't speak up. They didn't step up for what was right. Even though King Josiah said, turn the nation around. We found this book of the law while we were remodeling the temple. Let's do what it says. Let's get rid of evil. Let's protect what is good. And it happened for a little bit. People didn't step up. They waited for somebody else to do the work for them. And 130 years later, 470 B.C., I think the temple is sacked, and Israel ends up 70 years in exile in Babylon. That's what comes to mind with what you just said. Uh, Is that a stretch? I don't think it's a stretch at all. Look, uh, I mean, God is looking for a few men, women, to step up and be courageous. And this is what happens when we... um, are abdicating when we aren't doing uh, taking responsibility absolutely something fills the void there is a a set of world views that don't line up and so if we as the standard bearers we who are light in a dark world don't bring that light forward um, then darkness prevails uh, a lot of christians will say, listen, I'm, I'm more concerned about sharing the gospel. I'm more concerned about um, loving other people. And what I would say to that is, um, yes, we should be concerned about sharing the gospel, but did you know that 4% of the world's population is in the United States? But yet, we, more than any other nation, 
multiples upon multiples give towards others. We are the the country that gives the most to world emissions. Um, we should care about the governing of the United States because it truly is a beacon of what is happening across the world. If America fails, uh, ceases to be right. the light that it is in the world, we will not have the impact. The, the world will um, uh, not continue to be, I mean, we will have uh, uh, religious freedom at stake in this world. You know, I think that right now we, we have a measure of um, sort of six stages of losing religious freedom. The United States right now is in stage five. Stage five because we are seeing, you know, people be fined, people be um, uh, sued, et cetera, for expressing their religious freedom. There's an attempt to keep it within the walls of the church, but say, you can do it here, but you can't bring it out in public. Could you imagine the football game? where uh, the yeah. one team was convinced not to go onto the field because they didn't think that their play would make a difference. And who did the convincing? Right. It was the fans of the other team. And so I, right. think about, I think about how nutty that would be. And uh, you bring up a couple great points when you talk. Uh, you've talked three times now about resource management, being good stewards of our resource uh, as our God gave us the authority over uh, his creation, and everything comes under our purview as um, managers of those resources. And then uh, our vote is one of these resources. And I mean, it, it takes concerted pressure at absolutely every single opportunity. Uh, I think we, we miss that. And so, uh, friends, in the next segment, we're going to uh, dig into this a little bit. Because if you imagine that football game between the Christians and uh, the godless, and the fans of the godless are yelling, and even though they're just 30% of the population, and even though the stadium is filled with 70% Christian fans, the Christian team doesn't take the field. Could you imagine that? And I've often thought of the football game and that metaphor, and Jesus is the head coach, and he sends us in according to calling and our gifts to play various positions, and ours is but to play our position. Just do everything as if unto the Lord. And part of playing your position as a citizen of the United States is to vote. And we're going to talk about that in the third segment. Stay with us. Swore to defend this land. They fought for our freedom and made sacrifices most of us can't imagine, and now our veterans need our help. Hi, friends. I'm Christy Mendelow, Richard's wingman here on Courageous Christianity. You've possibly heard us talking about Freedom Alliance on the show. It's an organization near and dear to our hearts. Freedom Alliance is healing the wounds of war, including the devastating emotional injuries that cause veterans to reject God's love. Freedom Alliance is saving lives and military marriages. They rehabilitate wounded heroes, donate customized wheelchairs to amputees, and provide college scholarships to the sons and daughters of military heroes. I hope you'll join us in supporting our combat veterans by donating to Freedom Alliance today. I urge you to visit freedomalliance.org to learn more about their mission. 
We at Courageous Christianity know the team at Freedom Alliance, and we've seen them do the Lord's work. They are committed to helping ordinary Americans who've done extraordinary things. Please go to freedomalliance.org to make a contribution that will change a hero's life. Friends, since we launched this show, Christy Mendelo has been my wingman on Courageous Christianity. To our message of Courageous Faith, she adds her invaluable perspective as a transformational coach. She's the walking embodiment of courage and compassion, and she brings this to bear on those going through divorce in her own show, The Divorce Coaching Hour, which airs Saturdays from 1 to 2 p.m. right here on 100.7 KKHT The Word. For those who are struggling in their marriages, she brings hope with guests who speak to the myriad counseling options available. For those who are going through divorce, she offers invaluable technical assistance. And for those who are coming out of divorce, she delivers a unique perspective on the opportunity for growth and change. If you are, or a friend or family member is, struggling in a marriage, contemplating or going through divorce, you need a wingman. You'll want to tune in each Saturday to hear from Christy and her guests. One thing is for sure, as I have learned over all the shows on Courageous Christianity and personally, you can count on Christy for truth, for a faith-based perspective, for compassion, and for insightful guidance. Tune in each Saturday. She'll be there for you as well. Don't miss the Divorce Coaching Hour every Saturday at 1 p.m. on 100.7 FM, KKHT, The Word. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity. And we are a few days away from the midterm elections. And your vote could not be more important. I can't emphasize enough that we have the responsibility to use every resource at our disposal to influence the world around us, the world in darkness, the world that has lost the concept of right and wrong according to the Bible the world that jumbles up words to confuse people. And by the way, if you look around, the world that is in pain, in struggle, nothing that they're saying and doing is working. We're over-medicated, over-fed, under-exercised. Uh, I, I could go on and on. Um, here's a startling statistic that I read from my Faith Votes website. of Americans vote in presidential elections. Only 40% vote in midterms. So whenever turnout is lower, every vote matters more. And so we have an amazing opportunity as Christians in America today to go and vote and have that vote count for something. And then remember, when you do vote, You have to complete your ballot. 30% of those who do vote do not complete their ballot. So I think of everything as combat power. I think of money as combat power, not funding corporations that uh, put out all of this woke nonsense. And I think of a vote as combat power. And you just, uh, I'm sorry, I I get amazingly uh, passionate about not leaving the future of this nation and my children to people who are lost and failing everywhere. Jason, is that unfair? I don't think that's unfair at all. Listen, uh, John 15, 5, um, he talk, Jesus is talking to his disciples just before he, he goes to the cross, and he's 
telling them that he is the vine, um, that they are the branches, that they are to cling to him. But what's really important, I think, in that verse is right after that, he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. And the way I read that, Richard, is I say, you can do nothing good, right? We can do stuff in the world, but it's not producing and generating the good, the fruit that he wants us to produce. We have to be clinging to him. There's another verse, it's Galatians 6.10, and it says, as we have opportunity, let us do good um, to everyone, but especially those of the faith. Now, we, we, we saw in John, right, we can't do anything good apart from him. So our vote is an opportunity to do good, but it's got to be informed through a biblical worldview. That's um, a fantastic and point. So, yeah, so we, we have to vote. We have to vote biblically. And the point you just made is not only do we have to just show up at the polls, but we have to do our homework so that we can vote all the way down the ballot. 30% of the people who go to the polls, they, they vote at the federal level, maybe the state, you know, the governor, but they don't go down the ballot. Think about all the influence you can have, all the good that you can do when you cast a vote for your school board, for your city council. It matters. I think in 2020, we saw how much it really matters because we saw things happen that were being done by city councils and by school boards. So there's just an immense amount of opportunity for us to do good as we cling to Christ in this process and we obey him and put our faith into action. I love that. You know, um, you can look around and just see so much of the hypocrisy. For example, years ago, the teachers' union said, it's not our job to discipline your children. Parents are failing to discipline their children at home. Now, less than a decade later, things are so perverse, 180 degrees out, the teachers' union is saying, parents, you don't know what's best for your child. Leave it to us. We know what's best. And how did that happen? It happened because people on school boards said that this is how things were going to go. And uh, you bring out such an important point. I think uh, Bunny Pounds last week, uh, the president of my, uh, ChristiansEngage.org, she said there was a recent Texas mayoral election that was decided by one vote. And Judge Mack, who mm-hmm. was on the show a few weeks ago, he said that I think it was the mayor of Conroe was elected and only 3% participated. So you're right about us not being good stewards of our resources and applying our combat power all the way from the the lowest level um, and the school board and local all the way up to federal and presidential. There's a lot of reasons why Christians don't vote. One of those is they're not informed. Um, and And so they say, oh, I don't know enough about – uh, that race or what have you, and therefore they don't cast a vote. Um, one of the things, and I'm going to put a shameless plug for My Faith Votes, if you go to our website, myfaithvotes.org, myfaithvotes.org, you can go and visit 
My Voter Hub. It's our resource center for elections, and you can view your whole ballot before you go to the polls, and you can do your research and see what these candidates stand for. You really have no excuse because the resources are there uh, to help you walk into that booth and cast an informed vote. Yeah, uh, don't worry. It's not a shameless plug. Christy plugs um, My Faith Votes all the time, and she downloaded that uh, dashboard that uh, you have. I don't know if dashboard's the right word, and it talked about uh, platforms. So it before you even dig into some of the personalities and the identities involved, you look at the platform of the Democrats and you look at the platform of the Republicans, and then you say that a person who is representative of that party, when push comes to shove, is going to fall into that platform. Is that a true statement? Well, especially at the federal and state level, uh, partisan uh, candidates, when elected, will indeed at least 80 percent of the time vote according to the party platform. It's a little harder at at local levels who aren't running necessarily on a partisan basis. That's where you've got to continue to do your homework. But, yes, you're absolutely right. Yeah, and uh, um, that makes sense. Uh, I think I said on one of the recent shows that when Christy and I did our debriefing, which we do for everything because I'm a pilot in the Marine and I want to be a good steward and, and of resources. <laughs> and if I don't think uh, I, I did as well as I should or uh, the questions we ask are what went well, what could have gone better, and what would I do next time? And both of us, when we left the voting booth uh, recently, said I could have been better prepared in some of the local matters and next mm-hmm. time, that is going to be something that I focus on doing better. And My Faith Votes uh, makes that absolutely possible. And so uh, you make a good point. Let, me, you... let me give you one. Please. Richard, let me give you one more thing that I think people can do is not only how can I be more informed, but can, how can I might maybe help others be more informed? And one of the great things about the ballot tool in My Faith Votes, you can make all your selections and and select those, save that, and we get, make it really easy for you to share that with other people. So you can say, hey, I've done a lot of research. Just wanted you to know, here's who I'm voting for. And think about the blessing you can be to others who maybe aren't taking the same steps but would benefit from the research you've done. Yeah, fantastic. I think that's a very important point. And friends, um, what I heard in there was, as Jason started saying that, I heard, oh, well, maybe you'd be uh, nervous to hit send because you don't want to start a fight. But I think something that's very important is to say this, and you've heard me say it before. As Christians, we are not in the like business. We're in the love business. And love means wanting the best for others. And love actually means that you want the best for others so much that you are willing to stand firm at the intersection of your faith and the world. And so this idea that we've got to be liked, I don't have to be liked by the world. And in fact, if I was liked by the world, I would worry about what I thought because the world is lost. 
And so I want to love this world. I want to shine a light. And something that uh, means a lot to me is Old Testament talking about being a watchman on the wall. We talk a lot about borders, and we talk a lot about immigration, and that makes me think of the watchman on the wall. And Christians are watchmen, and the wall separates the land of darkness and the land of light. And if standing on the wall we give warning, then the Bible says that the blood of the people will not be on our head. And if we don't give warning because we're worried about being liked, then the blood of the people will be on our head. And so we're all going to get judged individually, and as we stand on that wall as watchmen between the land of darkness and the land of light, we have to speak truth, and people who come close will hear truth, and they will gravitate toward the light. And those who are lost in darkness will be lost in darkness. But I'm not interested in being liked by them. I'm interested in loving them. So as Jason said, as you do this research, and it brings you to conclusions then don't be afraid to hit send. And by the way, if somebody is going to judge you because of that, then they probably weren't that great of a friend in the first place. So stay with us. We're coming back for the fourth segment, and we're going to get Jason's final thoughts on this amazing opportunity that we have in just a couple days to vote the future of this nation and this world. Stay with us. Did you know that about 25 million Christians don't vote consistently? That's about one in three Christians, and that's a staggering and unfortunate amount. Many Christians stay home on Election Day because they think their vote won't really make a difference. But what if 90 million Christians stood united for Christ? We could have a real influence on our nation. God's Word clearly calls us to bring the influence of our faith into every aspect of our lives. We here at Courageous Christianity, along with My Faith Votes, want to see Christians boldly standing united for Christ. My Faith Votes is a nonpartisan organization that mobilizes and equips believers to pray unceasingly, think biblically, and vote in every election. Join with us and My Faith Votes to pray, think, and vote in the upcoming election. Access a helpful voter hub on myfaithvotes.org and plan to vote your faith on November 8th. Vote your faith on November 8th and stand united for Christ. I just love that amazing version of Amazing Grace. Uh, Dave Bray, USA. Friends, We are a few days from the midterm elections, and we are talking about voting, and we're talking about how important it is for you to use your hard-won vote to do the work of God in this nation, to shine a light. Seventy percent of this nation identifies as Christian. Two decades ago, 85 percent of this nation identified as Christian. It's not hard to to see how things are going the way of perversity and uh, the blind are leading the blind, and it should be us who are leading the blind. We are the shepherds. And so we're speaking with Jason Yates of My Faith Votes, and you can go to that website at myfaithvotes.org. 
And we're talking about voting. And um, Jason, in this last segment, you've said some amazing things and you've given us some great scriptures to ponder. What are some of the things right now, as we are a few days from the election, that you would like to uh, share with our listeners? I think first I want to go back to something you said at the end of the prior segment, and it was about love and and what what that really means and what that looks like. I was actually um, in First Timothy one this morning, and I was looking at the verse that says the aim of our it's it's verse five, the aim of our charge is love that issues from a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. And then in verse 6, it says, certain persons, by swerving from these, have wandered away in vain discussion. I think there's a lot of vain discussion, a lot of wandering away in vain discussion about things because people have, um, frankly, a messed up worldview. And and we have to, I think, as I would really encourage people to, to really be thinking about what's at stake in these elections. Um, because I, you know, we hear in media, a lot of vain discussion, discussion that doesn't center on truth. And you know, I think more than any time, you know, politics in the past has really been about right and left and this candidate or that candidate. Um, but as we've been talking about today, this one, I think, is really about truth more than any other. And I think this is less about a horizontal left or right decision. This is more about a vertical good or bad, right or wrong type of true or untrue um, decision in so many ways. Yeah, and uh, so let's sorry. not get caught up in a lot of vain discussion, and let's center on the truth that we read in Scripture and we know to be true. I think that's a, uh, a brilliant point. Um, I love your quote, uh, your, the Scripture that you brought up, John uh, chapter 15, verse 5 talking about, I am the vine, and you are the branches. And if you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And then you said, nothing good. I think that's so important. And what I heard in there was an Abraham Lincoln quote when he said, be certain to plant your feet in what is right and stand firm. And we we know, Scripture tells us in many places, to stand firm in faith. So plant your feet in what is right, and stand firm, begs the question, what is right? Well, these vain discussions you're talking about, that's a lot of people saying what they think is right. And I said Mm -hmm. on the show, I had this epiphany a couple weeks ago where I was thinking about the fact that I'm not interested in the opinions of the world. I'm not interested in being liked. And then I had this sudden epiphany. I thought to myself, I'm not interested in my own opinion. I just want truth. I just want God's opinion. What does God say? So you're absolutely right. More than ever, it's about lies and truth. 
And that's how it began. Friends, it began in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, and it's called cognitive warfare. It's actually a type of warfare where you try and confuse the enemy about what is right, what is wrong, what is real, what is unreal. And I think you'll all agree we live in that place now. And so you bring up a a brilliant point. It's about truth. It's about lies. Boys are boys. Girls are girls. Allowing the, the teachers' union to make decisions about the sex of our children tells you exactly how perverse things are. So as we move toward our final minutes, uh, Jason, what are some additional things you'd like to share? Well, um, I do really encourage everyone, commit. Commit today to go vote. Um, Commit to be informed and commit to really pray um, about this. I started off, I think, by saying that our primary pursuit needs to be to seek the face of the Lord in prayer at election time. And so, you know, you may know exactly who you're going to vote for, but if you're not immersing that decision in prayer and bringing it before the Lord and letting and just conversing with him about it, then um, I think you're, you're not fully um, doing all that the Lord would desire of you at this time. So that, those are the things I would really encourage everyone. Go to the Lord in prayer, spend time in his word, understanding the issues, but even as importantly, go to uh, your ballot, your sample ballot, understand who's there, what they stand for, line it up with the Word of God, pray over that, and then go vote. And as we talked about before, share that with others, in, or at least encourage others to go vote as well. Um, this is something that is incredibly important this year, uh, and we need Christians. As you said, there are races being decided by one or two votes. Let's all commit and do all that we can. Leave everything on the field, as they say in sports, um, and, and don't let this one get away. Amen. Friends, at stake is a majority in the House and Senate and the ability to push through legislation which is perverse or uh, grounded in biblical truth. And I'd like to remind you of that quote, which we mentioned earlier, if my people which are called by my name, and that's us, Christians, we're called by the name of Christ, shall humble themselves. And that means turn away from all these vain conversations, these vain discussions shall humble themselves, pray, and seek my face. And so the point Jason makes about prayer. And then, like we said in the beginning, you can't just pray for somebody and ask God to come down and and help this person or help that person. The question you have to ask is, have I been a good steward of all of my resources? Have I done all that I can? And you pray, and then you cast your vote. You cast an informed vote. And we will know that uh, God will hear from heaven, and he will heal our land. And friends, that's the truth, and it brings us to the moment of truth. 
As you know, in every show we have a moment of truth where we look at Scripture which informs our discussion. And we do this to remind ourselves that God's Word is our first refuge. It is always relevant and it never fails. And Jason has brought a lot of great Scripture to the show today. And we can count on it. It's the truth. In this time where right is put up as wrong and wrong is put up as right, we need the verses which guide us. And 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 and 3 say this, Therefore I exhort first of all that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. As Christians, we must fully invest ourselves in everyone around us, for this pleases God, and in this effort we can leave no stone unturned. Jesus is worth our best effort, and every life is worth our best effort, And there are many ways to satisfy this responsibility. As the scripture said, supplications, prayers, intercessions, giving of thanks. And so, how do we satisfy this responsibility? We must be good stewards of our individual and collective resources. You've heard that theme several times in this show. Good stewards. We must raise our children in the ways of the Lord. We must be charitable and of good judgment. We must be watchmen on the ramparts, giving warning of approaching dangers, not as we worry about like, but in love. We must be shepherds, guiding the lost sheep of this nation and the world. Friends, voting affects all of these things and much more. Voting is your civil duty. It's your Christian duty, and I exhort you to vote by faith. And that's courageous Christianity. So, Jason, did I miss anything that you would like to add? No, Richard, you say it so well, and I just appreciate what you said from that verse in chapter 2 of 1 Timothy. And uh, we've got to remember that there is a purpose to what we do, and there is a reason why we have... Um, people in different authorities. But at the end of the day, I go back to what John Quincy Adams said, and we have to keep this in mind as we go to the polls this this year, that, re- that duty is ours, results are God's. No matter what, no matter what, what happens in these elections is is in God's control. Amen. But we still act in faith. Amen. Friends, thanks for joining us today. Jason, thank you for being with us on this very important day. We pray for this nation. And uh, may God have his will through us. We are honored to walk with you in Christ. God bless and semperfy.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.